0: It's time to elevate your snacking game with Wonderful Pistachios. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. Hey, hey, welcome to the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. My name is Bree Mitchell. I am the host of the show, as well as the founder of Brown Girl Self-Care. This platform, this space, this community is for black women that are looking to get to where the healing resides. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode where um, I wanna talk about this whole idea that practice makes perfect, especially in regards to self-care, right? Practice makes perfect, Most of us grew up hearing that, that story, that, that, I guess, I don't even want to say proverb, but that, let's just say proverb, that idea, that proverb, that, you know, the more you practice, the more you push, the more, you know, you keep doing these certain skills and habits, the better you're going to be to the point where you're able to make it perfect, right? I want to talk about that. I want to talk about how harmful that is, at least to me, and, um, Just Let's just talk about self-care, okay? Before I get into today's episode, though, I want to give a special thank you and shout out to every single one of you um, that support the podcast on Patreon. You have no idea how much your support means. Also, if you have, you know, sent me a a kind email, if you've left a, a rating and review on iTunes, if you've shared the show, like whatever you've done, I just want to make sure that I acknowledge you. I want to let you know that I appreciate you. And I'm just so glad that you are in community with me as we, as we move forward, you know, in, in embracing what it means to, to acknowledge our worth and to feel whole and to be healthy. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, I do not have my water. So my, throat's going to be a little parched in this episode. So just want to let you know that up front. All right, so let's go ahead and get into it. So first of all, like I said, I want to talk about just this whole idea of this narrative that practice makes perfect. So what is practice? Practice is about deepening your understanding by applying ideas and methods versus just, I guess, just like thinking about them. That's what the definition of practice more or less was when I looked it up on Google university. Um, now in regards to self care, I think of it as the beliefs and habits and rhythms and rituals that we put into motion on a regular basis that allow us to deepen our understanding of who we are and, and what we need, and then applying that understanding consistently in a way that helps you feel whole. Okay. So like back to that whole saying that practice makes perfect. Um, I don't agree with that statement. I I no longer am in uh, in solidarity <laughs> or agreement with the saying that practice makes perfect. Perfect to me, like perfect means free from flaws. It's it's like exactly right. It's exactly precise. It's, um, like this this thing that you've done is the best. It's ever gonna be. Nothing can can enhance it any further. Like it's just it's flawless. Like I said and it's as good as it's going to get and everything is like on point 100% and like for those meanings alone I don't believe that this would be a phrase <laughs> that our ancestors would have used like I, I can't imagine our ancestors saying practice makes perfect at least not before um, you know we became enslaved and I feel like that's because the concept of perfection as we use it it's, it's just a colonized way of thinking. It, it It is just, it's a colonized way of thinking. And I can tell you that our Proverbs, like, and I even look to see, like, for Proverbs that I wasn't familiar with, like, our Proverbs are not filled with less, like, with, with stories about how everything needs to be perfect or how doing something like this means that we can eventually make it perfect. Our proverbs and stories are usually, like, filled with lessons and and love and stories and animals and food and all those kind of things, like, handed down from, you know, one generation to the next. And I have, like I said, I have yet to see any proverb and someone, please, if, if there is one, please correct me because I am not too, you know, I... I I love to learn, so if there is a proverb that says what I'm talking about here, from our people, let us let know. Um, but I did not come across it while I was researching. But, like, um, I have yet to see a proverb that says doing things for the sake of perfection is, like, that. that's the end goal, that that's the way that we are to live. Um, what I did find when I researched on Google University, uh, in anticipation of me doing this episode, I learned that the first person... That was credited with saying that phrase, um, which apparently was taken from like a Latin phrase, which I'm not gonna even try to pronounce what it's how it's said in Latin. But anyway, very long story short. I'm getting getting off the rails here. Um, I from my understanding, the first person to have been attributed to to saying that was um, one of our presidents back in the day, John Adams. And he is the one, from what I could tell, that was, you know, attributed with saying practice makes perfect. Apparently, it was found in like his diary or something along those lines. This was in the 1800s. So I'm guessing, obviously, that surely things were different then, things have changed. And I'm not going to sit up here and say, well, what did perfect mean back in the 1800s? What was going on in the 1800s? You know what I mean? Because words can kind of, or not kind of, words do evolve a little bit over time. Things um, shift over time. One word means something one one decade, and then a next decade it means something else, or it's like added on to. Do you know what I'm saying? So I'm not going to sit up here and say, well, in the 1800s, you know. <laughs> no, that's not the point. But I understand that surely things were obviously different then. Uh, but I can tell you, like, I don't know if the idea of perfection – uh carried the same weight that it does today. You know what perfection means today. Perfection today is harmful. Perfection today means you know kind of like the def- definition, but in a the most harmful and toxic way. when I think of perfection, I think of all these things that just do not do not feel good. um actually. I'm just going to tell you a story really quickly. Um, Speaking of perfection and God, every time I think about it, it's just, it just makes me sad. But um, so back in the day, I used to get my hair done, child. I used to get my hair straightened. I was a straight hair queen Um, back in like the 80s, the 90s, part of the 2000s. I was like a straight hair queen. Now I'm a natural queen, as you may or may not know, but. You know, I was born and raised in Los Angeles or in in Southern California, and so I used to get my hair done at this salon, or like one of the salons I used to get my hair done um, was in Los Angeles, and again, this is while I was in my straight hair phase, which I was in for quite some time. Um, I was about that life. Anyway, uh, one of the beauticians there, her name was April. And she wasn't my beautician. She was, now I'm trying to go back to the 90s, y'all. So my memory may not be 100% correct. To my knowledge, April was my beautician's friend or bestie. or uh, That's the impression that I got. Maybe that's not correct, but I could have sworn they were like, at least for a while, they were like BFFs or maybe just in the salon. I don't know. They were just friendly they had to have been. I, I think they were best friends. Anyway, um, so they were both beauticians. I don't think either one of them owned the salon, but they probably just ended up working together. Like maybe if one leave the salon, another one's like, okay, girl, here's where I'm working, come through. You know what I'm trying to say? So they just were, ended up working there together one way or another. Anyway, um, so April was one of my beauticians' friends at the time. And when I think about perfection, Sometimes I think about April because one of the decisions that she made uh, back in the I don't I don't think at the time when this happened that I was getting my hair done at that point. because I think this was possibly in the early 2000s or the mid mid to late 2000s. I'm not sure, but I wasn't getting my hair done anymore. One when this specific thing happened, but uh, I don't even know how I found out about this anyway. So getting back to April, when I think about perfection, I think about her because one of the decisions that she made for her life, like it changed her life forever, forever. and this is one of the reasons why, like I'm just saying, when it comes to being quote-unquote perfect, perfect, excuse me, or perfectionism, by today's standards, it can look like it mean a lot of things. Um, In her case, perfection meant, um, or one of the things it looked like was having a certain physique having a certain body and what she ended up doing was getting a um I think it was a BBL or I don't know what the term is I th- I think it's a BBL. I don't know what the term is that she got specifically, but I'm just going to say a, a Brazilian butt lift, but it's but she ended up getting injections in her booty um that this, this process that she endured ended up harming her in a huge, huge way. Um, because from what I understand in her search for perfectionism, I guess maybe she tried to circumvent the norm or, or the process. I don't think she went to a, like a, uh, uh, an actual surgeon from what I understand, like back in the day, it used to be really popular to go to like like injection parties or I think she ended up having this procedure at someone's house. That's kind of what I remember. And the person, obviously if you're doing this in your home, you know what I'm saying? Like obviously that's already a strike. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm sure this person didn't have the correct understanding. I can't imagine that it was as clean as possible. Um, And then the materials, I think what it was was the materials that were used. I don't, again, know the exact process with the BBL. Like, I think they sucked the fat out of one place, put it somewhere else. But don't quote me on that. I don't know for sure. But what I remember reading is that in April's case, I think they were putting, like, I want to say cement. But that probably isn't right. They were putting some unnatural material that does not belong, like it was a foreign substance that does not belong in the body into her body. And I guess that's what they did at these parties. I don't know if she knew this, I don't know, I don't know any of those specifics, um, but very long story short, her pursuit of just probably feeling more in love with herself by way of her body, which I'm sure her body was beautiful, you know, me outside looking in, it's not about what I think, obviously, it's about what she thought, right? Um, But she was striving for this, I guess, standard of beauty because, for whatever reason, she just maybe I I don't know maybe she didn't feel like she was good enough maybe she didn't feel her body was whatever you know we all have these things that we think about ourselves and we're just like if only this would be better if only I could make this more perfect if only I could you know what I'm saying and sometimes we can get through that phase unscathed. But then other times, unfortunately, things happen in her case, in April's case, something definitely did happen. Um, you know what, let me go ahead and take a break right here. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. Conversations ranging from Abbott Elementary to mental health to Tracy Ellis Ross, there is no limit to the range you will find on Black Stories, Black Truths. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. Your girl is a homebody, so one of the best parts of the day for me is when I can come home, put on my comfy pajamas, get snuggled up on the couch, and enjoy something to drink while catching up on a TV show. The thing is, though, that I don't want to drink wine all the time because, though I love it, I'm no longer a huge wine drinker like I was back in the day. I have morning headaches and even inflammation to thank for that. So to help fill that gap, I've been enjoying Recess Mood as a guilt-free way to unwind. Recess Mood really is a vibe, y'all. There are only 20 calories per serving, no added sugar, and it's infused with stuff I like, including mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens, which really helps me to relax after a high-energy day. Recess Mood has four delicious flavors to choose from. My personal fave is strawberry rose. If one of your goals in 2024 is to drink less alcohol. This is the way. Give recess mood a try today and see how relaxed it helps you feel. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takeareecess.com forward slash self-care and get 15% off recess mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. All right, so I am back and I'm speaking about April. I'm gonna wrap this up. Uh unfortunately when she ended up having the procedure um, for the let's just say BBL or whatever it was. Uh, something happened where her body I think rejected whatever rejected whatever the injections were, I think she ended up getting some type of infection and very long story short. unfortunately, she ended up having to get amp- like her arms and her legs amputated like our hands, not arms, excuse me her hands and her feet or something along those lines she had to get, get them amputated because whatever they did to her body unfortunately it just did not have a good outcome and obviously um I can't even imagine that this was something April thought was even something that would happen you you know what I'm saying it's not like she intentionally went out and said you know what I'm going to I'm going to harm myself today I'm I'm pretty sure that's not what she said but um Yeah. And her life was just forever changed. And when I went to like, and you can, you can research April. Um, her name is April Brown. And from what I remember when, when I remember our time in the salon, she seemed like she was just cool as hell. Um, but again, this was the nineties. I'm not saying that I knew her, knew her. I just knew of her, but from what I did know, she just seemed so cool as hell. And I thought she was really pretty. Like she was (laughs) I mean, what do I know? She was just, I don't know, she was just a woman. She had beautiful, dark chocolate skin, and I don't know. I just thought she was pretty. I never looked at her and was like, oh my God, her butt's to this or her hips are to that. I I don't know. I just never thought that. But again, it's it's how we feel about ourselves and how society causes us to feel some type of way about things that are natural about us. Does that make sense? And so a lot of times we end up striving for perfection in different ways because, again, quote, unquote, practice makes perfect, right? And we should all be striving for perfection. But, yeah, unfortunately, um, at some point, April passed away. I think it was in the last maybe five years. I'm not sure what she passed away from, but I just remember looking at her story and just remembering how, how she was able to flip that at least outside looking in flip that into just a, a a victory she she didn't allow it to um to to just stop her life if that makes sense and she, it looks like from what i saw she was able to reclaim her life after experiencing one of the most horrific Things I've ever seen happen in the pursuit of of enhancing yourself, right? Um, but yeah, she did unfortunately pass away in the last few years. But when I think about perfection, when I think about just like pushing for per- perfection, sometimes I do, I do think of, I think back on on April April Brown. Um, she wanted for whatever reason a certain level of beauty or perfection because I mean ultimately we believe that unless we're perfect to someone else's understanding or to, to someone else's guidelines like of how we should be, how we should show up, how we should look, we we aren't good enough. Does that make sense? So to me, practice and perfection like first of all, they don't even belong in the same sentence to me, but that's just me. Practice and perfection are in opposition of each other to me. Perfect when I think about perfection, it feels unforgiving it feels un like it, it feels hard it feel it feels like a brick wall in your journey like a brick wall that that makes you stop it it's hard it's unrelenting it's unforgiving it's it's harsh it's just this hard harsh line straight straight line when life is about curves life isn't so black and white i i've really come to understand that in the last few few years like life is definitely not black and white and life is definitely not a straight line like it's curves it has ups and downs and wiggles and squiggles and all that stuff it's not this perfectly straight line from point a to point b uh it's to me it's like like perfection to me is like like telling our children that they're coloring, you know, when they come home from school and they have the little ripped out coloring book page. Um, I'm laughing because I know my daughter came home with those a time or 10. But um, every mama, every daddy, every caregiver knows when they baby come to them with that little artwork that they did in daycare or in school, what do you say? Like, you, you're you not like, oh my God, this is, <laughs> this is horrendous. You need to... <laughs> I'm just laughing thinking about this because it sounds so absurd as I say this. Like I can imagine. Actually, I can't imagine me telling like my then five year old when she comes or her my four year old when she came with that little drawing to be like, "Girl, you need to work on this coloring because you did not stand the line. These colors do not go together. This looks raggedy. It's ugly." Like, could you imagine telling a five year old that about something that they took the time and effort? to To make right, because babies like children they' I'm like we're all in certain form of of practice, but more so children they're they're definitely in a in a state of practice at that point, right, even though I feel like we all are at, at all stages of our life, but especially children, and I don't know of any mama daddy auntie caregiver teacher i I mean I don't know of any that would ever take that artwork and be like and tell them this is trash. You're trash, and this is trash because this art is not perfect. I mean, could you imagine that? Could you imagine that? Like that's that's what perfection is like for me, and we all know that that's a lie because, like I said, every mama I know they love the artwork that their babies bring home with them, right? And also, like another perspective, have you heard that doctors like they they are practicing? I know that sounds crazy. <laughs> But yeah, doctors are—they like they practice medicine. N- they don't know everything, and this is another reason why. And this is a side topic. I'm not going to talk about this today. But because they are practicing, and this is not a a dig at doctors by any means. But when it comes to our health, just we definitely need to to learn how to be empowered to to take more control or take more charge of our health because, first of all, from my understanding, some of these doctors don't care. Um, second of all, because they don't know everything, some doctors, they don't... Some doctors are very rigid in their line of thinking. I'm not going to say that's right or wrong. I'm not a doctor. I did not have the fortitude to take the time to study the way that they did and get a degree which i'm sure they got with blood, sweat and tears, you know what i'm saying? So i'm definitely not knocking doctors. I'm just saying that they don't know everything. Nobody knows everything. If you know everything, then you're basically god. And there's nobody on this planet that is god. You, you feel me? But yeah, doctors they practice their craft. They they will never be perfect. It's it's a practice. And so to me practice in to me makes room it's just when I think about practice versus perfectionism like practice to me it, it's expansive it allows space it makes room for freedom and creativity and acceptance uh, of of your uniqueness and variation like it flows it's not so rigid and forced and hard like to me perfectionism is it, it opens me up further um for like understanding of who I am and exploration and 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 all willingly versus like being forced and it has to be this way or being pushed to perform or um, just to be a certain way. so when I tell you tell yourself like when you tell yourself um that self-care is a practice for example, or whatever it is that you're you're doing is a practice, for example, it gives you that freedom like you're free from criticism, you're free from perfectionism you're free from judgment like how do you show up when you don't feel criticized you know what i'm saying like how do you show up when you aren't criticized like if you don't have someone that that feeling of perfectionism breathing down your neck you show up differently right how do you feel when you don't have to be perfect what what does that do for you how does that make you feel how do you show up that energy that you show up in when you tell yourself, like, oh, this is just, you know, I'm practicing X, Y, Z versus I've got to be perfect at X, Y, Z. Like, there's just a major difference between the two. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, to me, when I think of, like, just what it opens me up to, I, I just feel safer. I feel safer in my body. I feel safer just to be me. I feel safer to try. I feel... um. Like I said, I I just feel more at ease. I feel more expansive. I I feel more open. I don't feel shut down. I don't feel. I don't know. Just that weight of, of what this thing, it has to be. If that makes any sense. And so I really just want us to look at self care, as not something that needs to be perfected. I and and also you. I don't want you to think of yourself as something that needs to be perfected. Right. As soon as you say this has to be perfect, everything else shuts down. Have you noticed that? As soon as you say something has to be perfect, it like you you're literally just throwing up that brick wall that I talked about before and putting it directly in in your life's path or your life's journey. So I want us to think about life and self-care more so as as a practice, you know, habits that we put into action, ideas and beliefs and mindsets that we put into action, Um, again, with the understanding that it's done to deepen who we are, to deepen our understanding. Um, So that's what I'm saying. Um, I made a post recently on Instagram. And I'm going to read it really quickly. And actually, I probably should have had this up. Let me pull it up really quickly. Uh, The post that I made says... That self-love is a practice. Being gentle with yourself is a practice. Breathing is a practice. Rest is a practice. Healing is a practice. Creating room for other black women to heal as you heal is definitely a practice. Like, And all of which is in alignment with liberation. Like All of those things, and these are not the only things that are a practice. These are not the only things that are a practice, right? But these jump out to me. Like even feeling safe in your body, that's a practice. There are so many things that can be a practice. And, you, and, and to do so without, again, that label or expectation of being perfect is everything. Because as soon as you put that label on it, right, it, it changes everything. And so what I want you to be thinking of, you know, today, this week, this month, this year in 2023 is what, what things can I shift my perspective on and say, you know what? I'm going to look at this as a practice. I do not have to be perfect. I don't have to, you know, color between the lines, as they say, I don't have to, use the quote-unquote proper colors because you know kids don't do that they will make a person yellow or green real quick <laughs> with no apologies right it's just that we have this we've already we've already been what's the word hmm. conditioned maybe that's the word i'm looking for We've already been conditioned and our ways have already been set. And I'm not saying that the way our ways, like our our who we are, can't, can't change. I'm not saying that at all. But children are different than we are. So they see through a different perspective. They have a they see through a different lens than we do. They haven't had all the life that we've had. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a beautiful thing. So it's not to say that we can't change our perspective we can't change our view we can't allow more or extend ourselves grace as we shift and change like I don't feel like we're a hundred percent molded into whoever we are unless that's what we firmly decided like in other words if you said um I will never I am not a book reader and I know that a hundred percent and you take on that identity and when you take on that identity like you don't even make you don't make space to open up a book you don't make space to find any titles that may be appealing to you you don't make space to get understanding from books like you have just completely shut it down and you said like firmly i am not this period i think that's pretty much the only way that i can think of that you would not be able to evolve and shift and change like you have if you have that resistance to it and you just don't allow and make space for it I feel like that's a way that you can completely shut it down I don't want that for my life I don't want that for your life and I want you to hear me when I tell you that you can remain a work in progress you can remain someone that evolves and learns and flows and blooms like you don't have to be really you don't have to be any any way that you don't want to be, period, even if that has been your way for the last few weeks, months, decades, whatever, we can always change. So I just want you to know that if you were brought up with the understanding that you have to be perfect, if you were brought up with the conditioning and understanding that you have to look a certain way, speak a certain way to be worthy, to be respected, to be valued, to whatever, to be beautiful, like, no, no absolutely not you feel me like no absolutely not we're 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 not doing that in 2023 or at least I, look at me telling you what we ain't doing I do that a lot don't know I? I be making the <laughs> some of the podcast titles be like what we ain't gonna do <laughs> in 2023 or what we ain't gonna do in 2022 like I know I've had a few of those but really when I say those things I'm saying it from a place of love obviously I cannot tell you what to do I cannot tell you what to think or how to be I can all I can do is just share and then you take what you get from me and from others and and practice you know put it into practice that makes sense for you right that's the beauty of it. We can all learn from each other. We can all, you know, collectively just expand together when we put different things into practice and we allow ourselves to not let perfectionism dictate who we are, what we're going to do, all of those things, how we're going to show up. Perfectionism and self-care like they have no business being in the same sentence. Period. Not not that I can think of. They just don't so I want you to just continue thinking of self-care as a practice. I want you to continue thinking of the other things that I mentioned. You can see that post on Instagram. Um, it's the last post that I made. But you can think of just all kinds of things uh, as a practice. Rest, breathing, setting boundaries is a practice. That's one that I struggle with. I ain't going to sit up here and lie. I do. <laughs> um, budgeting your money is a practice. Uh, like, Pretty much all of life can be looked at as a practice, and we don't have to draw that hard line and say, nope, it has to be this way always and forevermore, or if not, I've failed and I'm not worthy and I'm not good enough. We're not looking for perfection. Perfection's not required, sis, okay? You don't have to be perfect to be valuable. You don't have to be perfect to be valued. You don't have to be perfect to love yourself just as you are. You don't have to be perfect to accept yourself. You don't, okay? You are worthy just as you are. And so, again, I, I would love for you to make a list of some of the things in your mind that say this has to be perfect. I want you to see if there's a way that you can flip those things and allow yourself to say, you know, this is a pra- I am practicing dot dot dot. I am practicing whatever. Right. Whatever that word is for you. And allow yourself grace and space to be OK with that. Allow yourself to breathe um, some ease into that and to take some of the pressure off. OK, you don't have to be perfect. All right, sis. So that is actually it for this week's episode. Look at God. Look at God. I did this in less than 35 minutes. Won't he do it? <laughs> All right. So that's it for this week's episode. Um, if you could do me a favor, if this episode blessed you, please be sure to share it to your friends, to your circle on social media or wherever your friends be hanging out and let them know to come and get this good word today. Um, and if you haven't had the opportunity yet, uh, if you would be so kind as to leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast so that others can hopefully get it in their algorithm as well. That will be dope. And um, yeah, that's it for this week's episode of the Brown Girl Self-Care Podcast. I cannot wait to be in conversation with you next week.